Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Val Sword Ministries. I'm your host, Tim Aaron, and I'm joined with Rhonda Kay. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I'm going to open up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for another day you've given us, another day of your blessings, another day of your provision, another day of peace that passes all understanding, uh, the favor that only you can give. We thank you for everything you've done for us. These things we thank you and praise you in the mighty, wonderful, precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, about sore ministries. Uh, we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about can a Christian be rich? Can a Christian be rich? Um, uh, we was thinking about this because, you know, the Powerball or the Mega Millions, one of those was up to a billion dollars again. Mm-hmm. You know, when the, when the Powerball gets up high like that, everybody starts thinking about that big money and be like, ooh, wow, I would like to get my hands on that. And then people start playing and that becomes a, you know, a common topic at the workplace, you know, when they see those big old Powerball numbers. So can a Christian be rich? What are your thoughts off the top of your head on Christians being rich? Is it something that we should pursue? Is it something we can pursue? Is it something that we shouldn't even think about? Is playing the lottery a sin? Some people say it is. I haven't come across no scripture that says playing the lottery is a sin. You know, I've never said that, seen that in the Bible, so I won't say it if it's not in the Bible. But I know a lot of people teach that it is. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on it? I don't think it is. I think it's in the heart. Mm-hmm. I think it's how you, you know, the it say the money is what is the root of all evil. The love of money. Is yeah. What, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's in the heart, though. I, I don't think it's something wrong with wanting to be rich. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to look at a lot of passages of scriptures, and we would like to hear your input out there. If you got questions, comments about being rich uh, from a Christian perspective, uh, we would like to hear from you to try to bring balance to this topic because, you know, I sure wouldn't turn away, you know, millions of dollars. (laughs) I wouldn't either. (laughs) You know, so, you know, some people act like that, you know, being poor is a sign of righteousness and you've got, you know, you, you, the, the vow of what they call it, the, the vow of poverty, some, Mm -hmm. some, ministries take and I, I i wouldn't do that either you know yeah I wouldn't either. <laughs> so you know I, it, it sounds fun to me to be able to travel when you want and <laughs> be able to drive nice cars and have more than mm-hmm. one you know it but you know this is something to be said about that definitely in the scriptures let's take a deeper look okay let's start okay. off with um what what the apostle paul had to say about wealth in the first timothy Chapter six. We're not gonna read the whole chapter, but I'm a I'm gonna focus on verses uh, five through eleven. And um, he started. Uh, he goes on to say, uh, perverse disputings of men, of corrupt minds, and destitute of truth, supposing that gain is godliness. From such, withdraw yourself, man. He tells you when people are start acting like the more you got means the more God is with you. He said, don't, don't hang around those kind of people because they don't know what they're talking mm-hmm. about. Uh, he says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we bought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. Uh, verse 9, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and and perdition. 
uh, verse 10, for the love of money is the root of all evil. You just mm-hmm. said that, which while some covet after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Uh, but thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. And so I'm going to stop right there. So, wow. He, Paul sounds like he's trying to spare people from disappointment. <laughs> and um, and uh, I guess. Spare them from going to hell. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's like a slippery slope. If that becomes your main focus, getting yeah. rich. Right. Who's that 50 cents say, get rich without trying? Mm-hmm. You know, that is not the right perspective a Christian should take, you know. <laughs> now, you can understand a worldly person taking that. Right. But, but Christian people definitely should not take that approach. <clears throat> okay. Um, you have anything to say so far? No. Okay. Let's look at another passage of scripture. What's our number? What's the number two? Matthew. 192126 okay let me let me go there right quick now this is a uh, rich young ruler came to Jesus and asked Jesus you know what must I do the internal to have eternal life you know him and Jesus are talking and the disciples are standing by and uh, listening to this conversation and we go jump into verse 21 Jesus said unto him if thou would be perfect go sell that thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasures in heaven and come follow me but when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. He didn't want to do it. Jesus said, you know, this guy, let's say he was a billionaire and he had a lot. And Jesus said, go, go give everything you got away and come follow me and you'd be perfect. And the man was like, oh, no, I can't do that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I got a lot. You know, I don't want to give up my stuff. So let's, let's see what Jesus had to say. I got a question. So was he truly a man of God? Well, no, he was trying to figure out how to be a man of God. So that's a good point. He wasn't a seasoned saint. He Mm -hmm. was a a guy coming, looking for how to be right with God. And he didn't like the answer Jesus gave him. But just just for your question, no, he wasn't. And then then said Jesus, verse 23, then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, some people say that's a literal statement, camel going through the eye of a needle. And then other people say that was uh, the metaphor of the Middle East area. Back in those days, there was this gate called the eye of a needle, and it was real small and low. And camels had to stoop down to get through to it. Mm-hmm. You know, under he could have been referencing that. We don't know. But... <clears throat> Nonetheless, the point is, it's hard. He right. was letting you know. Uh, why do you believe Jesus is saying it's hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven? Because they trust in their money? I think so. Because right. they trust in their money and not in him. Right. You know, they got the egotistic mindset. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all about them now. Right. And not not him. They trust in their money. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. that's why I believe that is the... Mm-hmm. The bottom line factor why Jesus is saying that when people got a lot of money, money makes life easy. That's just that's just be real about it. You know, when things break, when things fall apart, you a lot of times you can pay somebody to come fix it. And when you rich like that, you got like that, you know, people trust in that, you know. And uh, so I think that's what Jesus was talking about there. But let's see what else he went on, had to say. 
verse 24, again, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. When the disciples, verse 25, when the disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed and said, who then can be saved? Now, that's something to think about right there, because evidently the disciples, mm -hmm. they were thinking that like uh, what Paul had to say in First Timothy chapter six, that people who are more wealthy, or they, they, they probably associated them with being more blessed of God and more godly. You know, so they had that mentality. Who then can be saved? If a rich man can't make it, I thought he was blessed of God. And so then, they had the mentality that um, that if you were rich, that you were closer to God. Right. And that was that was faulty, according yeah, to what I Paul had to say. Yeah, I disagree with that, though. Yeah. That don't make you right. Yeah, mm -hmm. closer to him. So when his disciples say, who then can be saved? Verse 26. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with men, this is impossible. Mm -hmm. But with God, all things are right. possible. So it's possible. You know, with God, with God, it's possible. Key word. Mm -hmm. So uh, th these are some pretty good scriptures. What, what's the third passage of scripture I wanted to talk about? Okay, we got Proverbs ten twenty two. Add no sorrow. Okay, Proverbs ten twenty two. Uh, this is uh, Solomon, King Solomon, and you know Solomon was very rich in the Old Testament. He he was the wisest and richest man in his day and time. And um, he just made this one little statement in Proverbs, Proverbs 10, 22, the blessings are the blessing, the blessing, singular, the blessing of the Lord. It maketh rich. And he addeth no sorrow with it. What is the blessing? Well, that's probably a mystery scripture there. I know that I'm thinking about it. But anyway, I just wanted to put that one out there. That's a good one. The blessing of the Lord mm -hmm. maketh rich and it add, and he addeth no sorrow with it. See, when when people make their them themselves rich, you know, yeah. <laughs> they bring a lot of sorrows to the table because a lot of times they probably didn't do everything right. And they probably made a lot of enemies along the way right. and they got to watch their back. You know, look over their shoulder. They can't sleep at night because they got to sleep with a gun. You know, all of that. But when when God does it for you, it, it, he brings peace with it. It's no right. sorrow with it. There's you no know. sorrow. Mm -hmm. What's the next one? Uh, Acts 433, 35. Okay. Yeah, now this is a good one, too. Now this one is, is, uh, is pretty deep. Uh, Book of Acts, uh, the, the church, uh, Peter was um, leading the church and he was getting the Christian church started. First Christian church ever. A lot of lot of Catholics believe that Peter was the first pope who started the first church, Catholic church. But anyway, Peter was getting church, the church started and uh, people believed in Peter and his ministry because Peter was an anointed man of God. Mm -hmm. And so what they would do was they would sell everything they had and bought the money to Peter and the church and the disciples and they re- distributed the money amongst everybody else so that was a form of socialism and socialism is like a bad word in the united states you know a lot of people don't want to talk about socialism because the united states is a capitalistic country capitalism reigns in america you know everybody's entitled to be as rich as they possibly can in america and keep their money after they pay taxes you know so that's the mentality uh, from a government perspective but from a church and a christian perspective uh, here we see the example of sharing the wealth, you know, sharing the money amongst the brethren and, and uh, everybody coming up together, basically, socialism. I'm going to read um, <clears throat> Acts chapter 
34 verses 33 what's the what's the rest of the scripture 33 through what through 35 35 so it's a couple of scripture real mm-hmm. quick uh, it says and with great power gave the apostles witness well where am i is it four um acts 4 mm-hmm. 33 and thir- through 35 mm-hmm. uh, it says in great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of jesus christ and great grace was upon them all neither was there any among them that lacked for as many as were possessors of land and houses sold them and brought the price of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles feet and distribution was made to every man according as he had need so basically according to that man's need and his family size mm-hmm. he got a certain portion so that was a redistribution of goods which is the definition of socialism and that's something that the church need to understand that that i don't think is really taught today mm-hmm. you know um, i heard the celebrity one time christian celebrities was talking about the billion dollar lottery and she was saying man if i won that lottery the first thing i do is pay my tithes and then i buy me this house and i buy my mama and she started talking about all the stuff she buy and do but <clears throat> tithes ain't enough when you got that kind of money. Right. You know, 10% is not the ideal uh, 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 giving. Now, I like the the fact that she said the first thing she'll do is give to the Lord because you mm-hmm. need to give the Lord the first fruits of your increase. But when you, you are rolling in billions of dollars, just 10% is probably more for you and 90% for everybody else. You know, I mean, you got to think like that. You got to open up your mind and understand that, uh, when it comes to Christianity, you got to try to meet the needs of your brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, you made a, a point earlier about uh, welfare. Wait, you want to elaborate on that? Well, yeah, I was talking about that. I wouldn't mind, you know, giving to the people that need, but the people that just sit around and just won't want a handout. Right, right. That's what I. That's where I had a problem at. And right. I don't think it's a sin for me not wanting to give them. Right. When, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're just sitting around wanting to hand out, not trying to do for themselves. Right. You right. know. Um, they said, what, where it say at? Man don't eat. He don't, he don't work. He don't eat. Let's go there. Second Thessalonians chapter three, um, verse 10. It was Apostle Paul. And he was talking about that. He said, for even when we were with you, this we commanded you that if any would not work, neither mm-hmm. shall he eat. You know, so yeah, um, I'd, I'd have a problem with that too. When people don't want to um, bring nothing to the table. Right. When people don't want to work. When people just want to sit back and and be fed and be taken care of, even though they're well and able to get up mm-hmm. and do something and contribute, they don't need to be a part. Right. You know? Right. But yeah, this is uh, something else. Um, <clears throat> This is a good topic, and you know I think we need to think about this thing. But like I said, when it comes to playing the lottery, I I would never say it's a sin to play the lottery because mm-hmm. I just don't have a scripture for that. Right. You know, so I don't understand why people say that it's a sin to play the lottery. I can't I can't agree with that. But you know you have to know what you are setting yourself up for, and if you are walking in the ways of God to where you can handle it right. if you did get rich. And if that's the way the Lord is leading you, you know, you're going to have to really be able to uh, make sure you're right. 
Right. That's mm. the key word. Mm-hmm. You can handle it. But I got a question. I wanted to know, um, like, wasn't there a lot like a lot of rich people in, in Jesus time? Well, not in Jesus time, but there was in the Old Testament. Yeah. Like the Bible said, Abraham was rich. The Bible said Job was right. rich. The Bible said that what? Solomon was the richest man to ever live. But it seemed like when Jesus came, that was something that he challenged a little bit. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, it so there is not a sin to be rich mm-hmm. because obviously these people back in these times right, they right. were rich. Right, it's not a sin. You know, mm-hmm. it's just how you mm-hmm. handle your riches. Right, or should or how you pursue it. Yeah, pursue it. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, you know, some part, some somebody might have a business plan, and that might and they and they business plan might be uh, motivated by the money they can make. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that's wrong. I don't either. You know, but, you know, it's almost like it's a slippery slope there, you know, where you got to understand what the Apostle Paul is trying to warn us against in First Timothy chapter 6, you know, the deceitfulness of mm-hmm, riches is how, mm-hmm. is how Jesus put it. You know, mm-hmm. he, he talked about the seeds in, uh, in uh, Mark chapter 4 that were sowed by this man, and some seeds fell by the wayside. And he said, and some seeds fell among thorns. Mm-hmm. You know, and in, ver- in, in Mark chapter 4, verse 19, uh, he says, uh, the ones that fell among thorns, he said, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choked the word, and the word became unfruitful because that became that person's, you know, consuming factor, mm-hmm. being rich. You know, being came rich. to heart. Like right. that's the only thing was they, right. like you said, mm-hmm. the only thing that they wanted was becoming rich. Okay, you have any else? Anything else to say about that? Uh, no. I thought that was a good topic to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any questions or comments about being rich as a Christian, uh, oh yeah, there's another passage. Yeah, we have some, a few more. It's, 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 <laughs> it's some more. Yeah, we just stopped at number four. Well. I think I think we kind of got out of order, but I do see that one that we missed. Let's see, um, <clears throat> Luke chapter sixteen. I just read that one. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke chapter sixteen. The rich young ruler. I mean, no, it's not the rich young ruler. It's the rich man and Lazarus. That's what it was. That's the one I missed. I was uh, I was just gonna make the point in that story how it's interesting. Um, okay, how it's interesting that. Um, this rich man, you know, the Bible said, let's, let's, let's go there. I mean, I'm going to read the whole chapter, but just want to read a couple of points. Um, it says, um, there was verse 19, Luke chapter 16, verse 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fart sumptuously every day. So this man was very rich and he evidently lived in a fancy place. Because it says, and there was a, a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores. So this man evidently had an estate with a gate on it, you know. So this man was really, really, really well off. And Lazarus was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell off the man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Well, it goes on to say that both of them died and Lazarus was carried to heaven. And the rich man went to hell. And, and, and I just wanted to point out the point how the Bible didn't say the rich man did anything wrong. 
but he went to hell. So if you read between the lines, it seemed like the reason why he went to hell was because he didn't share with this man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, So it's, it's important that you understand when you are well off, you have an obligation to share. Yeah, You have an obligation to be a help to mankind. You know, so like I said, you 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 wouldn't be able to just say, "Well, I pay tithes on it," and and that that should justify the the other ninety percent for me. I don't think it works that way in the New Testament. You know, so yep. uh, so like I said, if you have any questions or comments, we would like to hear uh, your perspective, your opinions at Malasoy Ministries. Um, if you have any comments, you can contact us at uh, Malasoy Ministries at gmail.com that's mouse ministries at gmail.com but we would love to hear from you all right if you have anything else to share anything else to say no but that was a really good topic it was it mm-hmm. was all right um i'm gonna close there i'm gonna end in prayer dear heavenly father thank you once again for all you've done for us uh for meeting our needs for giving us food clothing shelter uh, giving us transportation car to drive house roof over our head uh, we just thank you and praise you for all you've done for us, uh, keeping our utilities on, uh, being a blessing to us. And uh, we ask that you help the homeless out there and the hurting and um, the people that are struggling to make ends meet. We ask that you reveal yourself to them, show them that you are uh, the way, the truth, and the life, and so that people can get up on their feet for themselves and you. Uh, these things we ask in the mighty, wonderful, precious name of Jesus. We give you praise always and forever. Blessed, blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen.